0: previously on Champions of the Earth. Said you were, uh, you were part of a trial. What's it like? <laughs> right.
1: Well, it's one of the best events of the season. Everyone comes out, wears their best, and the accused comes out, and they're sentenced, and, well, generally that sentence is carried out promptly, a little blood, a little glory. Right. You ever hear about a prince? And you kind of see him get real kind of quiet and glare at you.
0: So what do you know about a prince? I heard a sweet legend in a bar about (laughs) a fucking traitor? About a prince,
1: a traitor, and a champion. That sweet tale ended with a good man duped Following a liar. Blue Steve, have you set foot in our kingdom?
2: Huxley pauses for a long moment and then says, this is gonna be your last chance. Let him go. Let all of us go. Free us or die. And he looks, like, right back over at Nico.
3: And Nico (laughs) literally looks at Mel. And the
2: raccoon brings its tiny little paws up as though, like, an orchestra conductor and then slashes them down to raise a super mean, metal shit
1: spike, like, straight through this guy's throat. Blue blood burbles through his lips, and he doesn't even say a word. As for the first time in the history of the Fey kingdoms, the king is dead. the earth. As the king dies, you hear a bellow. An absolute bowel-shaking scream. You feel it in your bones. It sounds like an angry hurricane. And there's twin sounds of <laughs> from outside this
4: I continue to run until I am gone. Are, I guess you like, are closest to
1: the door, leading Esmond Chong, who is now armored up. Where is Nico? Right behind
4: you. Are we going or are we staying? We're all going. Martha's
3: just holding back the damage. We can't take much more. And if, if you look at him, like you can see, like he's fucked up. He's hurt.
4: All right, let's go. But. I can't resist one last parting shot. I'm going to call my panther. I'm just gonna point and say, hit and run.
1: Awesome. As the panther kind of appears out of nothing, similar to how Bluebell appeared out of the air, the panther appears in mid-pounce, hurtling like a black meteor straight for the armored guard.
4: 24.
1: Nice. And the panther slams into him, knocks him to the ground, And even as, as, as your cat, who I don't believe you've ever named, leaps up and kind of tears the guard's chest open. You feel that same energy connection, that light. You all better be right behind me. And with Esmond in arm, uh, you step out. Let's do Nico at the same time. What's yeah. going on?
3: So Nico's still got the, he, he has to hold those two guys off while she, uh, she gets at that door. So I'm, I'm back here and I'm trying to, to take care of those two dudes with the Warhammer, but I've, I've been kind of striking out with my Warhammer. I'm exhausted from my Berserker. And frankly, none of this is what Nico wanted. It, it, again, it's kind of a freeze up until he sees Mel do that. Go goes, Steiner drum, And uh, I need Steiner to manifest right underneath these dudes and like ideally tentacle trap them.
4: Sure. Yeah. Come uh, together. He
1: appears. Yeah, I would like that. He appears. He appears beneath them his tentacles writhing. Twenty-two. Yes. Hey. Uh, and his tentacles indeed. curl up these two and don't them
3: together. Good job. And I uh, high five him. And because you oh, just out like just that- like casually, I'm not like meaning to do the thing. But. Okay. Well, I mean. No, no, no. That's fine. That's good.
1: And as you casually high five him, he casually high fives you back, and you vanish in a blaze of red light, and suddenly you have eight arms and you're kind of all over the place. It doesn't, Emerging you know? <laughs>
5: tentacles with Satan horns.
3: Neek octopus. I lift up on the thing, because uh, she doesn't see me because she's been going outside. I, I I, rise up and just like, and uh, I just head out.
4: Well, she waited for you. She's on the other side of the door. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so definitely is like, what the fuck? Hey, babe!
1: I'm an octopus. <laughs> yeah, the octopus. The octopus kind of hits the ground and then is like, Oh, what I the can't, fuck?
4: I can understand. Oh wait,
1: no, I can hear you. In my helmet. Yeah. Right? Like, okay. And Steiner outside, like he goes <laughs> <laughs> and Steiner like stands up on two of his back tentacle legs and it's like trying to figure out how to be a person as he goes chasing after Bill. <laughs> well, like oh my god! Fucking it's like, disgusting. It's like, like Starro trying to walk. That's I love it. Dad. Yes. Oh my god. Whoa, 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 whoa. The doors fly open and you two are the first out. Here is what you see. The reason that the light has been blocked is because of the Fay type standing before the palace. Incredibly tall, his six white wings projecting from his back, his blue skin, an impossibly beautiful face staring down at you he looks incredibly familiar because you've seen him in your dream. So he's 300 feet tall. He's standing outside. He wasn't 300 feet tall in our dream. Right? No, he was regular size in your dream. Got it. Got it. So there's probably about uh, 60 feet, maybe 100 feet of open sward. And he looms over, staring down into it. Like he's looking down into a terrarium that got you guys are running into. Can
4: we change direction?
1: Not on, on your turn. You might be able to. But right now, it's his turn. Right now, you guys are standing in the doorway. He's waiting. Got
6: and at that, Martha's got her shield up, and she's looking back, and I assume she's kind of okay.
5: the last. Elephant's right behind him.
6: She knows Mariposa has to has to hit something for this to work. The only thing in the sky is the queen. Yeah, that's queen. queen.
1: Yeah, uh, Mariposa is zipping through the air on her orders. Even though she's terrified of the giant Fae Titan, she's still been commanded to strike and attack and hunt down this queen, uh, this, this majestic white eagle who's just lost the love, her eternal love, the
6: love of her life. Oh shit. Six? Plus five. Seven!
1: Holy Oh that. my
6: god.
1: And Mariposa dive bombs and the two <laughs> thracks against the back of the eagle. It screams out, doesn't take much damage, takes a little damage, not much. And the eagle kind of banks away with a scream and you feel that energy connection, that light between your heart and beautiful Mariposa's. And she like,
6: just like catches it out the window and looks up and says, time to fly
1: and Mariposa dives towards you and as you reach out, you actually can feel your fingers extending as you become a living beam of light and you don't even need to touch as you collide and you are in the air. You are lighter than air. You are
6: the beautiful Mariposa. (sighs) And it is delightful because I'm flying. And then I see that 300-foot mech.
2: From low on the ground, the tiny raccoon watches a butterfly take flight. It's a like raccoon sigh. And then vanishes, basically, like into the.
1: Right, as the chaos is still, do you, are you racing off towards the others? Great. So yeah, you kind of nimbly zipping between feet, um, as you know, there's still all this clashing, as um, for just a moment, you see pause there at your level. Paws says, you get him, Rock Man.
2: As, as the raccoon zips past, the raccoon holds out a little paw to uh, just like, yeah, gently like, go ghost high uh, five. Ghost yeah, yeah, they fight
1: through, through. But Paws screams out, laughing Laugh corpse man will never
0: die!
4: Help. Yeah. ya. Well, all right. I guess I'm going to pat the panther on the head. Are you going to give in to the light between hearts? I mean, I kind of have to. I don't really relish the idea, but...
1: Well, as you become energy and find yourself in the sleek, sensual form of an all-black panther, you quickly change your tune. Because I can tell you one thing. It's good to be a panther. However, as Mel makes that connection, panther, elephant, raccoon, beautiful butterfly and battle kraken, I'm sorry, nicoctopus. Yep. Okay, it sounds like Martha Posa. <laughs> Martha oh. Posa. It, There's nothing would, I can do with mine either.
6: I can't either. do anything, anything with raccoon. raccoon.
2: Yeah.
3: I literally can still do nothing with this raccoon. You, you so have, have to put octopus except, on it, which means yeah. you have except to reach really Except Regicide. Octopus.
2: <laughs> Very yeah. Nice. Very good I, at Regicide. give it a name, but
4: I haven't octopus. given it a name yet, so. Yeah, it <laughs>
3: really just sounds like you're saying coctopus. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Regardless, octopus. are we rolling to see who gets to be what? Um, the energy connecting you
1: all, you you give into it. And let's roll. 16.
6: Oh, terrible. 12. Still better than me. Five. One.
1: Two! All right. The cosmic energies pulsing through you as you begin to form what is the ultimate champion. But here in the Fae, where magic is so real and raw, things are slightly different. Huxley, you rolled highest on the initiative. Where shall Priscilla find herself? Um, so we're all connected,
2: like, kind of. Like, we're starting to be, like, a little bit more emotionally connected. Is that?
1: Absolutely. You're feeling, you can almost feel each other's heartbeats through this kind of web of light.
2: Um, so here's what the rest of you can currently feel from Huxley, who was not, I think, counting on this level of emotional openness and availability at this moment. Huxley is fucking shook. Killing the king of the fairies was not on his list Um, and this was different than zombies and this was different than a mecha kaiju um, and this felt real bad and to a degree um, Huxley feels very responsible um, for some degree and is worried about retaliation
1: Huxley Mm -hmm. I need you to roll an empathy check Okay. 15 hold yourself together. Mm -hmm. You feel that kind of fear and that retaliation, but you also know that the connection between you and your friends, they've got your back Mm -hmm. on this.
2: Huxley doesn't fear retaliation from the other champions. He fears it from everything else in this world towards his friends. And so he was the one who spoke at the beginning. He was the one who slew the king, and he's going to be the head so that this is the only face that they remember.
1: Okay, as Huxley, as as the energy that is Priscilla and Huxley starts to levitate, heading towards where the head will be. Nico.
3: The minute that Nico feels the uh, power of this, he, he remembers what it's like to be the ultimate champion. The Nico spent a while trying to teach you guys how to be superheroes, and then you just like, quote unquote, superheroed, but it was actually just a bunch of murder, so he's been kind of worried. And then uh, he felt it from you and realized that you're still his friend. He's gonna back you up, and so he
1: becomes the heart. Nico, roll an empathy. That's a 10? You feel parts of your mind, parts of who you are, start to fray. But then, like the tentacles of the Kraken, you pull yourself together and you feel that beating heart as you and the head combine. You're not just... You are a nervous system, and if anyone wasn't a living embodiment of light, that is what they would be seeing, almost like a giant blue skull building a nervous system of red energy towering in the sky.
4: Mel? So if we're all feeling like emotions bleeding over, like Mel's giving you nothing, like... Based, like, of, like there's like a void there. There's nothing. Well, Mel, roll me an empathy check. Uh, can I add to this or no? Empathy. You add your empathy to it. Oh, my empathy's terrible. Yeah, me too. It's a six.
1: And though you want to put out a void, and that's what everyone feels, it only lasts for a moment as Everyone is suddenly these things in Mel's childhood home. Why don't you tell us about what the home looks like?
4: It's just, it's one of those, like, it's like one of those split levels uh, that has, like, just a big yard with like a just a basic like chain link fence all the way around it it's definitely not like well kept up it's not like a hovel but it's definitely like no one's been like keeping it nice on the weekends right there's a garage up to one side and there's just like junk kind of like spilling out of the of the front of it like people like someone was tinkering with something not the house but other things um but otherwise pretty devoid of any personality on the outside that's where mel is Mm
1: -hmm. And everyone hears kind of you know from the other room. You can't just leave her I'm not gonna watch her. It's not my job. Look, it's gonna be your job If you want to be part of this family, you're gonna stay and you're gonna watch her. I'll be back I swear to God, I'll be back. God damn it as you see your father slams the door and storms out a woman who is not your mother standing at the doorway Lighting a cigarette staring down at you. Look, kid, I don't like it either. Just fucking watch TV or something. Fuck.
4: just walks away. I guess speed through, like time speed through, uh, of her just kind of like standing outside, um, like four sunrises and sunsets, four of them. And then it comes back to like the early morning on the fifth day.
1: Before that car pulls up, and there's your dad again, unwashed, gritty beard, smells fucking terrible. He kind of walks in and looks at you and says, "Huh? Here's my little trooper, holding the house down. I see.
0: <coughs>
1: <coughs> Good. Let's um, let's not tell your mom about my little vacation. Maybe uh, we'll get a present for you or something." kind of ruffles your hair, all of your hairs, as he heads off the rest of his life. And you're back in that black space.
4: Do I know that they all saw that?
1: Everyone, you are all Mel. Where do you want to go?
4: Well, now, especially more than ever, she's gonna take the the right arm. And you all do share a
1: consciousness. If there is anything you do want to say, it can. Oh, be we say. can
3: actually. Okay.
0: Nah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay.
1: Olive.
5: Um. Feeling that from Mel is sort of a strange pain for her. It's familiar. something she hasn't thought about in a while the guilt of feeling everyone else taking sort of blame like huxley taking blame for this and and knowing that i am the reason that they are all here and i asked hyde to bring them here and Knowing that that isn't necessarily my fault, but that I should need to take responsibility for that. For how much damage we possibly have just caused. And so I take the legs to hold my friends up.
1: Beautiful. Roll an empathy check. <laughs> That's a nat one. And as you connect to your friends and you want to carry them and lift them up... Oh, my gosh. You thought we were
3: going to fight in a Zord, but instead we're going to have feelings.
1: We're outside. We're outside. It's a windy day. There's wind in the trees, um, but we feel it in our hair. And we're running through the woods. And and why don't you tell us what happens next, Olive?
5: You you all sort of feel, see um, about a six-year-old... Still very tall. Uh, olive. Um, her hair is much shorter. It's been cut quite short, um, sort of up to her ears, and like a sort of very un-olive-y bob. It's pinned back in lots of um, sort of fun, colorful clips. Uh, she searches through a bush, and she sees that a nest has fallen, and there's an alive baby bird. Um, she picks it up and starts to take it home and nurture it, like starts on the way to go home through the the woods and is caring for it and is trying to feed it things. She's home now. She's giving it food. No one's home right now. She's feeding it water, things from the fridge and the bird isn't doing well. And she's caring for it through the night. She's got it on the windowsill wrapped in a blanket and she keeps trying to give it things and care too much. And she falls asleep next to it. And when she wakes up, the bird isn't breathing.
1: and your back, and you are the legs, and your mighty strong bones are supporting this behemoth that you have become, and we come to Martha.
6: And like, Martha has felt all of this, like Olive and Mel, and even Nico and Huxley, and she, you can just hear, it's like, watching a hummingbird's wings, that little brain, and it is... We did what we need to do. We need to get them out. We need to get them out. We need to make stick to the plan. Don't have these feelings. Focus. Get them out. This is the plan. That, ha- you know, this. everything is going fine. We need to keep moving. We need to keep moving. We need to keep moving. And it is just... Every, every doubt, every fear, all of it is repressed and shut down, and it is make a plan. See the plan. Assess the situation. It is... so fast and so quick. And she... She has to keep it together. Because she has to protect you all. It is her job to make sure that everyone gets back. That she can save you. That she can save Esmond. She can save everyone. She can do this. She can fix it.
1: Roll that empathy check. 20. And she holds her shit together like a boss. Iron-spined. And though you feel it, I mean, there is... There's a part of you that that is desperate to put down this burden. There's a part of you that wants
6: to maybe just. And actually, in that moment, there is this sigh of relief that she is not the head. That it's Huxley. Because like she trusts Huxley.
1: And you become the glittering defensive arm. To the outside world, what has just appeared is a 300-foot warrior. Not a robot, but a man. A being of flesh and blood and armor. And as its five eyes open on its mouthless face, it stares at the six-winged fate Titan, equally sized and ready for the fight of its life. Uh, um, is this thing, is it on? Are we
2: uh, I think so, I think so. It's been a while, dust, but I think Dust it, it
1: off, it... can you? Oh, hey, great, it's working! Hey, look at that! Oh my god, Jesse! Guess, Jesse, guess what? What, Colin? It's the middle bit! The middle bit! Oh my goodness, it's been so long since we've done a middle bit, I almost forgot how exciting and fun it is!
2: I have forgotten how to middle bit.
1: I've forgotten also how to, I think...
2: Nah, I could never forget.
1: (laughs) <laughs> How could we ever forget the raw joy of the middle bit? And most importantly, the raw joy of talking to you, the amazing reserve champions. It has been so long. Oh, my gosh. So long since we have had had the opportunity to uh, kind of asymmetrically talk with you. Obviously, I am talking to you now, and I assume you are talking to me back in your car or home like a mad person.
2: Now I'll give you a we'll pause for a second for, to let you say hello. Oh,
1: you! Oh, whoa! Not <laughs> a good goof. Um, welcome back, Colin. Thank you. Welcome back to you as well, Jesse. Um, obviously, it has been a hot second since uh we have had any new content grace your feeds. Um, But we are very proud of this episode and we're proud to be back. Uh, We are going to be hitting the ground running with a three episode flurry between now and Christmas to close out chapter
2: Three. three. Here's a thing that happened. Uh, you all might have just heard uh, a rustling of paper and Jackson exclaim, ah, these things, before we were plunged into the middle of some feelings. Um, <laughs> I thought I would explain, or I would ask you to explain, Colin, uh, this particular mechanic. Like what, ha- what happened uh, that triggered all of this and what happened in the game that people didn't hear?
1: Yeah, certainly. So um, before we dove into this arc, I asked all of our players to write down a secret that only their character knew. Uh, I had them write this stuff down, and keeping in mind, you know, the way we play, it was probably two or three months before we actually got to this giant mecha fight Um, and i had them in my little folder specifically for this moment because i knew that when they combined into their super ultimate champion um there may be some mental wiggliness and some psychic blowback Um, and i really wanted to explore that with some really dope surprise Feelings. Um, if any of you are GMs or DMs out there, you know the power of slamming raw surprise feelings into your players. You watch as their little eyes go wide and they realize they're strapped onto an emotional rocket ship. And that, my friends, that is what gives us the game masters life. So,
2: so we didn't know. We just wrote some. We each wrote something down on a piece of paper and we handed them to Colin. And then we didn't know. Um, If or when they were coming back, but we each had one, and I guess everybody who didn't uh, succeed their empathy role um, Mm -hmm. had some emotional spillage this time.
1: And the super crazy thing is, I still got everyone else's secrets, my dudes. In fact, Huxley's is really interesting. (laughs) And that's what it is. Jesse, did you just edit me out? No, no, I didn't. That's not fair. It's all one take. Okay, fine. Um, so that's uh, that's what is going on there.
2: Oh, yeah. Speaking of mechanics uh, mm-hmm. and explaining how things work, uh, the good news is many of you will get to answer many of your own questions about how things work very soon. And that is because
1: the book is done. Oh my goodness, to all you amazing, amazing reserve champions who backed uh, our Kickstarter last year uh, to put together... This uh, year. This this year. This year, last school year. Sorry, Mm -hmm. we work in academia and our brains kind of get a little fried. Um, The amazing Kickstarter that you guys all backed um, and that we are a bit delayed on uh, is done. Uh, It is... (laughs) a little beefier than a traditional zine by about 400%. Yeah. Uh, What was intended to be, uh, you know, a collection of smaller booklets has actually evolved into what is effectively a 100-page player guide. Um, My guys, it is polished. It is sexy. It is almost assuredly not spell-checked yet, but it will be spell-checked soon, and um, it's. I'm so proud of it. It's got art, uh, it's got layouts, it's got everything you want out of the uh, beta test of a player guide. So it's all in there. You'll be able to experience it, you'll be able to read it, and you'll be able to give us exciting feedback um, on what you think. Um, but we uh, we're getting the mini posters printed, we already have your beautiful custom dice, yep. and I swear Uh, You know, all the powers of the Fae come down and strike me down if I'm lying. We will be getting these out ASAP. Now, because we do work with the American postal system, we can't exactly guarantee that they will be in your beautiful hands by... Uh, the Christmas holiday or the winter solstice. Um, But I am very excited to kind of open this up a little bit to start hearing your stories and how you play this game.
2: So uh, we're back. Uh, We'll be back through the holidays. Uh, We'll probably take a short season break between um, the end of season three and the beginning of season four just to allow for people's holiday travel um, and for everybody to come back. And then we'll be back for a while. Uh, we're going to go to a new sort of structure where we'll play, we'll we'll run episodes for a while until we reach a natural break, and then we'll take a little recharge time, and then we'll do a little more.
1: Yeah, genuinely, I, I really just do, for anyone else out there who is um, planning on putting together a podcast or their own live play experience, uh, an important thing to always take in mind is that regardless of the passion of everyone involved, unless you take kind of scheduled mental health breaks, you are going to hit a wall. Um, that's true in podcasting. That's true in professional storytelling. My guys, it's true in life. Schedule your mental health time because if you just do it when you feel like it, you probably are never going to end up doing it. Um, this is a helpful PSA from a <laughs> college advisor who has been spending a lot of time uh, with his students at the end of a semester who are um, they're just redlining a little bit. So drink, hyd- hydrate, or dihydrate. Wait. Wait. Can I say that on the podcast? Sure, I can.
0: Yeah. Yeah, great. We'll put that in the, yeah, maybe a little PSA at the end.
1: Yeah. Hydrate, eat vegetables, top ramen isn't food, and as always, have yourselves an adventure. So, the way that this works is we go in order of operations. So, as we remember, the head can give orders. Ain't nobody's job to do those orders. Whether or not you follow the leader's what the leader tells you, that's up to you, my champs. Um, but if we recall correctly, there is an order of operations that can let you unleash some devastating strikes.
3: But uh, real, real quick, just non, maybe mechanical question. Yeah. Um. So in the Mech, we have like a starship bridge that we're all in
1: with like cool techy communications. Uh huh. What are we in here? Okay. You are all in a shared dream space. Where you kind of all exist as five points of light, um, looking out the eyes of this giant creature. So we're not like I'm not like drumming to move the heart. I'm just
3: You are the, the heart, heart to
1: beat. Yes, yeah. got it. Okay. You are five shared sentiences. Oh. oh okay guys. I know
3: we have a good job to do, but this is fucking weird.
1: Uh, the Fate Titan flexes its wings, and out of its hand comes a giant blade of living light. Well, Finally, it has something to conquer.
6: Ask us how weird this is when we get back to our world. Agreed. Huxley, make sure we get out of the city. I don't want anyone who's not part of this fucked up system hurt.
2: Cool, I'm not the legs, but yeah, that sounds good. Let's, uh, don't worry, you don't have to tell me
3: twice about accidentally wrecking part of a town. Hey, what are we doing? I think, you know,
2: somewhat verbally, but I think also sort of emotionally, Huxley sort of, like, yeah, like, shares this basic sort of, like, feeling or idea that we scared the crap out of the Fae. Their, their king is dead. Huxley's plan is to hurt this thing real bad, real fast, as hard as we can, and just let them know that what we did to the king, we will keep doing until they leave us alone. So so for his part, Huxley is going to do the do scan um, and gain an insight into um, the defenses, the power type, learn everything that we can about what this thing is so that we can be effective and get it and be, be efficient. Go ahead and scan. Okay so that's
1: 16. So your regular scan, um, your five eyes all open and you see that this being's robes while glittering white are actually glittering white because they are made up of every color. Um, They are in fact robes made of light. Underneath his skin, that blue skin, does seem to be beating with life essence. Vitae. That's what you can get for 16. His armor is Lux underneath Vitae. With
3: an understanding that we were probably gonna wanna be uh, uh, hitting really hard this time, and with a a knowledge that uh, Mel, is our attacking arm, has just uh, sort of had her soul bared to the world, uh, I'm going to roll maximum power to Mel. That's a 20, uh, which is an advance check, turning uh, this ally roll into instant critical success meaning our attack is a critical success. Right. If we're in each other's brains, uh, I don't comment on your childhood thing at all. Now, all literally all I go is like, babe, this is for you. And I like start drumming in my soul. Drumming you all get a
1: shred of that connection. I mean, like there's some real emotional bonding between these two in a way that you might not have expected. But no time to think about that now. Olive, it's time to command the legs. Feel our love y'all.
5: Yeah, feeling the love there. Oh. <laughs> That really hard. <laughs> There's t- so many civilians underneath of us, so I just want to get out of this city. So I'm gonna just bolt. Charge? Yeah.
1: Roll that dice.
5: Twenty-two. Just.
3: Yes! Which means, as an advantage.
5: So that means enemy skips a turn.
1: That means that you move so fast that he's the angel literally like kind of. Double takes as you are suddenly right up in his
4: face as the right arm cocks back. Yeah, all all Mel has now is anger. We so the...
2: pick pick a pick an aura yeah. um, to, to, to to two x. Whatever. Oh, and what did we what did we learn from the scan? Oh, Lux,
4: it's, Lux, uh, Ar-
1: Lux armor. Lux over.
4: armor so glacius.
1: You get to flavor this. Is it your
4: fist? Is it a sword? Is it a? It's a fist. It's a it's an icy fist of fury. <laughs>
1: the icy
4: fist as you fucking
1: Superman leap. Uh, and you cold slam into his angelic face, uh, literally dumping out like a dump truck of blood from his mouth. It's huge. Um, awesome. the, uh, and he's staggered. He staggers backwards um, in shock and awe. Um, he can't attack again. He's so staggered as his giant feet kind of roll backwards. And you guys take another turn.
2: Yeah, uh, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna beat this thing down and don't let it get back up. Um, And I think at this point, Huxley sort of remembers the dream and uh, a little bit of how we were, we basically went for a curb stomp and is gonna do do the same thing. Uh, So I'm gonna do the scan one more time to see. um, Do
3: you feel like you didn't get enough out of the first
2: one? Huxley's looking for that one perfect vulnerable point.
1: More or less, like... Um, So it's not a critical, but you do scan it once again. Um, You realize that you see now that its sword, this giant sword that it's carrying is woven of all the different possible energies. It can do any strike that it wants. Not only can it fly, but it can probably blow you ass over end, knock you off your feet. There is a cleverness, a keenness in this thing's eye. It is not a giant idiot monster. It is something fierce and clever. And as you really look into its soul, it looks back into yours. And you feel a tug in your chest. Like this thing might not just fight on a physical level, this thing might be able to fight on a mental level as well. Um, Huxley has not been feeling
2: good since the king called to this thing. Um, and I think maybe this is probably part of probably why.
1: In your mind, there is one kind of symbol. It looks kind of like an, like an, like an A. So you get a name. Alice. I think we need to get this thing fast.
3: And I think we need to get out. Ultimate attack.
1: Missed the beat.
5: Legs. We're still right up on it, right? Heck yeah. So then I'm still charging for Mel. Awesome,
1: roll it again. Okay. Nope. nope, you're standing there. You're moving left and right, but you can't get a good grunt on it. I'm
4: still standing there, so I'm gonna do another close strike.
1: Oh, an ice sword suddenly appears in your giant hand and you come slashing down, cleaving one of its wings straight off its body. Uh-huh, 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 and now it's its turn. It doesn't say anything, but it does spin its sword around and come in from a low angle. It, Blade
6: jutting straight towards you. Well then Martha's gonna do a parry, because there's no shield way to shield against it. So that's a defensive roll with the weapon, no power aura and a plus five to attack, I guess.
1: You his sword comes up and you catch it in your hilt, you twist and you hold his blade there. Yeah. You hold his blade there, trapped, inches from your giant mechanical face, and it snarls at you as giant angelic nostrils flaring. But he didn't get you.
6: Fuck. You will not hurt us.
1: Huxley, back to the
6: top.
2: I said we take off. Like, we've got it. We're going to haul it up into the sky. Let's do it. And pull it up. It's missing a wing, and we're going to trim another one off before we're done.
3: Or, Or five. Yeah.
2: That's a nat 20, so that's a 24. Whoa! Yes. So, plus five to- that's plus, t- plus five to defense. <laughs> plus five to our dex defense
1: check. Nice. And, and, the plus, plus and,
2: the, and the legs get plus five. And the legs
1: get plus five. Nice. Uh,
2: so we pull this thing up into the air As by the you, sword. Yeah,
1: by the sword, you basically keep it bound and you fucking take off. And it's not going to let go of its fucking sword. It loves this sword. <laughs> so it goes shooting off back into the air with you. You're not dragging this gigantic, titanic, angelic fade away oh, Monster yeah, away, away from mm-hmm. the civilian population of the city and getting ready
3: for an ultimate attack. Uh, that is a 23.
4: Woo! Yes, Whoa! times four damage, times,
1: times four on a damage. attack. Obviously, mm-hmm. so you guys feel it beating yeah, in your it? heart. It's that fucking huh? b- yeah, laughing corpse yeah, man beat. Fuck yes! Yes! As as you're shooting, actually, let me ask you a question. How do we fly? Yeah, how do we fly, Huxley? All right, so since,
2: since the Kraken is the heart and the middle of the thing, um, I sort of imagine that some of the tentacles sort of like unfurl and
3: kind of also like fleshily unfold. And in between them is the pattern of a butterfly. Yeah, like a monarch butterfly And, made and of especially,
6: tentacles. I'm if, all up in Nico's biz. This is weird. This <laughs> is yeah. weird.
3: And if this
2: thing, if this thing's proud of its six wings, then cool. We've got, we've definitely got six. Also, yeah. wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. We wiggle, have wiggle, eight. Wiggle, eight. Eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah. And it's just wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. How do you like me now, bro? Essentially,
1: <laughs> essentially rocketing into the sky on these giant, almost like jellyfish-like tentacles that just whoosh you forward, swimming through the sky itself.
5: So, okay, instead of a charge move, it, it, it's still the intention of about to be causing it a lot of pain. So you see the the elephant, the giant elephant hooves wrap around the legs of
1: this thing and just start squeezing at the knees. like 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 a move, like a jujitsu, like yeah. a crazy jujitsu move. Your giant titanic calves and thighs so just wrap around this angel, get away, squeezing him.
5: Fucking strange, but yes, roll for it. Plus nine. So 23, it skips a turn. Plus you, I get plus 10. You
1: squeeze attacks. so hard. You guys can feel his vertebrae start to pop. Each the size of a fucking Buick. Thick thighs to save lives. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> Close strike, so I might as well keep keep it rolling. And this attack has times four
1: damage it on a successful attack.
4: Fuck! <laughs> 31. Oh, one shy. So close (laughs) to the ultimate roll. So times eight damage. I'm still grabbing that sword for all of the wings. Um, How many many wings can I shear with times eight damage? That sword goes
1: cleaving through because it is not just times eight damage. It is ice on Lux. That sword chops through one, two, Three, four, five winks that go shearing off of this titan's back, falling to the ground below as it lets loose a bellow that sounds like the chiming bells of heaven.
3: Yeah! He screams Nico in all of your minds.
1: And in his shock, he once again loses his turn unable to strike, unable to do anything but bleed.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, we are going to rocket down. I'm gonna use charge since it's the safest time to do it and maybe we can just
3: end it. Oh my god, wait, so by using charge, which, it, which essentially skips a turn to give us at least times two damage, the idea is that you're gonna drop him and then maybe we wait a turn while we drop him and then <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, crit.
1: So, as you focus, you, yeah, you You stare at this thing with such intensity, and it looks into your five eyes, and it knows that the truth, that, that what the small blue human said is the truth. This is death, and death has come.
3: Ultimate attack, and I can boost as many times as I want.
2: I mean, we've got it. We've got it. Let's
3: just—I'll spend all of my power points because I kind of botched that. I got a ten. Yeah, after right. dumping a shit ton of power points in it, my, uh, the ultimate attack. I'm—I'm like really juiced up, but I'm like so I'm just feeding on all of the power. Uh, Nico has uh, all of that reservation that Nico had when he was a person. Now that he's inside the the confident battle mind of his friends and watching his girlfriend slice this dude up like with an ice sword. He's just losing it. So he's, yeah, eats up all the power and just starts
1: drumming extra fast. Okay. Okay, now. Times two times four. Keeping in mind that so this round, we you skip the attack round? No, because no, we, we
4: critted. Because you
1: critted. That
4: times eight damage again.
1: Yeah, let's fucking dance. All right, so, so for it, so boom. So far, it is times eight damage. Me. Yeah, legs. Um, so feeling
5: that, uh, I imagine, extreme adre- adrenaline boost from how fast this heart is pumping and has been pumping. Um, it's sort of a sort of freeing release. Release and kick.
1: As uh, Um. the giant angel's body starts spinning towards the earth, Oh. And that's a 21, so enemy skips a turn if he lifts. <laughs> so you kick him off. The, uh, the, uh, the but, angelic titan attack. spins towards the earth out of control and slams into uh, that beautiful... You all have a beautiful mind moment where you like calculate trajectories and life expectancy and, and deals you've made, and then all of a like just turns a little bit as she fucking kicks this thing and it goes hurtling back towards the earth like a fucking rogue meteor, slamming into the beautiful strangely colored but also oh carefully tended flower meadows of the Fey royalty, shattering those fucking blossoms in a tin ten thousand different colors. Just
4: losing my mind now. Oh, uh, no, no, it's great. At uh, which point? All right. So, so okay. can I assume its armor is gone? Or it's armor? Is okay. Yeah. Um. So, with its vitae body, I am going to attack it with Lux. I'm going to change the sword from places to Lux. And as we're diving down, uh, I'm aiming right for right between the eyes. A <gasps> nat 20. Booyah! Yeah.
1: As the tight, as you come hurtling down towards its prone body, it stares up at you knowing the death has come. I'm like over both of, using
4: both of the arms over the head. And dreams come true, bitch. And
1: that sword slices straight into its head and you see its skin peel back and its layers peeled back and its eyes start to burst and it burns and it's glowing and the entire, your, your entire body's engulfed in an explosion of glittering f- fucking leaves and flame and ice and everything that made up this creature as it starts to fall around you and you feel your giant lungs breathing, heaving, and it's dead.
6: And like in that moment, Martha's definitely feeling almost like superfluous. Just all that rage and the power and like, everything up into this point, killing the king, storming the, 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 the court, arguing, all of it, felt like she was in control, and this this felt so out of control, and she felt so out of control, and it reminded her of, her, of the town being destroyed in the dream, and it just scares the living. You just feel and Nico, those, like, an immense Nico, fear.
0: You and, all and,
3: feel that. Yeah, and uh, I want Nico to reach out with his feelings to her, and be like, Martha, we're all here now. You can share it, if you want.
6: And you you feel that, like, literally, like, almost like Martha's leaning on you.
3: And yeah, and Nico fucking mental embraces Martha.
6: Uh,
4: Mel immediately just tries to eject out of it. Like, can you, can I get out? Can I stop being part of this and champion? as Martha and Nico
1: psychically embrace, you feel something pulling away pulling out of your chest, like something like your arm is physically trying to rip uh. away, and then you're all ripped apart. Ah! Um, you're falling and tumbling and landing uh. Uh. on the ground. Um, <coughs> Priscilla, whoa. the panther, the, the beasts are gone. Um, oh But you're all back. Are we in the flower fields? You're in the flower fields. Oh, whoa!
4: Esmond! Hey! Esmond, Esmond, can you
1: hear me? Esmond! <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you see him running towards you from the castle.
4: Guys, oh, guys! Uh, I,
3: I, I, I like, yeah, running boots, yeah. running over towards him.
4: I'm I engaging my, my super fast feet, so I'm just gonna go pick him up, come back.
1: Sure, let's say you both race yeah. tor- towards him, yeah, just, and he's like, ah, and he kind of collapses into both of your arms, and together you kind of you know, grab him, yeah. fireman's carry, and the, the five are you together? You see coming out of the, I mean, the fucking castle is, It's everyone is in full-on massive panic mode, but you start to see those flying bird guards start to take <laughs> off from the wall. Let's won't go be long. now. Uh, Nico goes over to Martha
3: uh, as she's still getting up and like literally reaches down a hand.
6: She takes it,
5: come up behind you um, and just sort of Lay my hands on the back of your shoulders, and just sort of like lay my head against you, um, and you just feel like hot heat going through your body, um, and you full heal. Not oh, not not that, not your suit, but you full this heal. Just my body
3: health. Yeah. Nice, thank you. Whoa, I feel. Oh, hi.
5: Hi.
3: Uh, I look down at like wounds that were previously bloody, and then back up to you.
5: It's the least I can do. <sighs>
3: Thanks. because you forget? And then, yeah, I run afterwards.
4: It's yeah. cool. I'll just heal on my own.
2: We're going. We're going. Huxley gets up a little, a little bit slower. I, w- I want to look real fast with my my vision real fast and just sort of get a get a lay of where everything is. And Huxley is also looking for hide.
1: Uh, if you're scanning around, um, it's hard to make out things. I mean, there's a lot of like weird glitter in the air. There's angelic corpse dust.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. What roll? It's a
1: twenty. But you do see a small black blip, kind of coming in hot. Looks about bird-shaped. Looks about hide-shaped. We bring in your buddy. Your call. Okay.
6: There's more to hide than you know. Yeah, let's go. And the five of you
1: take off, the six of you, with Esmond in your arms, take off running. You see the tree on the horizon getting closer by the second, and pretty soon, boom, you are in front of the tree.
2: Uh, Huxley gets gets in front of the tree, and uh, I think, you know, respectfully but urgently, like, rap, rap, raps on the tree and says, uh. The eye kind of opens and, like, looks at you irritatedly. Uh, we're all done here, and uh, we'd like to leave. You would like would like to leave this place alone.
1: And the eye kind of sees the like fucking like entire flock of evil bird fucks coming at you, and it's like, oh fuck, okay. And uh, you all feel yourselves pulled into the tree, and then out of Whoa. the tree, uh, into the same woods that you uh, had been before. In fact, you find these woods familiar. You know that the glen is just up. Ahead, head. And so is Hyde. Hey, Bird. He becomes a prince. Hey, Bird. Good
3: disappearing act back there. Way to help us with, you know, anything.
1: Just go. Just get out of my house. Get out of my kingdom. You brought us here in the first place, asshole. Yeah,
3: fuck off, man.
1: I, no, look, I, You got Esmond, You got him out. You did everything that you said you'd do. For you.
4: We better never see you again. It's, be happy to. Take that mark off, Olive.
3: No. Remember the deal, and I—I I bring up my hand where my deal sigil remains. You can fuck
1: off with your deal. I don't need it. Olive. And he steps. I walk up. Yeah, really close. Like I. I. I don't understand humans. Centuries of watching you, but you're confusing and you make bad choices and you make choices that hurt yourselves and you hurt the people you care about. And I find you infinitely frustrating and intriguing and wonderful all at once. You, you're one of the best I've ever seen. These other ones, I can't vouch for them. Don't know them, Don't like them. But what you've got. You've got to protect it. You've got to keep it safe from them. And I have a gift for you. All I've ever wanted to do. Is give you the greatest gift. That I could. I thought it would be my love. But it's not. Olive a human with the heart of a fairy (laughs) I release you from my vow I give you your freedom and the circle disappears
3: now look at my hand where my circle also disappears
1: but I ask this of you Olive please think kindly of me know that what I did was was all just for you It's all ever just been for you.
5: Selfishly, Hyde. All for me, selfishly. You've been watching humans for a long time, and I think maybe it's time you block out the ones that were bad. Don't follow everyone's example. Just pick people you admire. These people behind me... You may not trust them, but I do, and I admire them, and I learn from them every day. I thank you for your gift. It's perfect. I will think of you fondly if you promise to do better. Follow my example. And I have a question for you. Anything. I want to take out the rose. Where did you get this?
1: It was a gift. To me. To you. From my mistress. What's her name? We call her the Black Witch. That's the only name she's ever given us. Why did she give it to me? Because I care about you. She cares about me. It's not a lie, Olive. One of them's not to be trusted. And it's one of them. Oh, fuck off, Bert.
5: One of them? All she said to you was one of them can't be trusted? That's what we know, yes. You know better than anyone that people
1: trick you with words. What if she meant herself? The witch doesn't lie. How do you know? Because, because I know. Because you love her? I, there are things more powerful than love. People that love you lie. There are things more powerful than love, and it's called respect. And there's only one thing that I might respect more than I might love you, and it's her. Listen when I tell you, she's not lying. And she doesn't see in shades of gray. She only sees the truth. Now, I think it's time you go. All of you.
3: Happily. And Nico walks up to the uh, circle, and just before he enters in, he turns back to the bird and hide. Nico. What the hell is Aetherfall? That's
1: something I can't talk about. Empathy check.
3: Nine. 11. Uh, stare off with him for a second, then look at Mel, and like, make sure you're cool. I'm I'm gonna leave.
4: I'm, be- I'm right behind you though. All right.
3: Um, and then just before I leave, my eyes flit to Olive, and then I'm out.
4: Mel leaves with just right behind him with Esmond. Let's go, Esmond. Um,
1: yeah, God, yes, please. Oh, fuck, Christ. Yes, please. All right, less talking, more walking. And he grabs your arm like fucking holding it tight. Don't touch me. He's, gonna, <laughs> he's not going to touch you, but he's going to stand really close, and he's going to... You're gone, too. So it's just the three of us. You can see the white birds on the right. horizon getting closer.
2: Huxley, um... I think reaches for Martha's hand just for a second and just just for a second, though, and just taps.
6: It's like a dead fish in your hands, Martha looks.
2: That's okay. That's okay. Um, taps one thing and then gets it and lets go and uh, looks at Martha and looks at Olive and then looks at Hyde and uh, he's going to go next. And says, uh so those are your parents.
1: They disowned me when they forgot my name.
2: I feel that. We didn't get to know each other as well as we probably should have, because you were not interested in our survival. But we had more in common than you would have thought.
1: And you, little one, are low debt of gratitude. That fuck had to die. Well, I'll take that.
2: We might need it someday. On the other side of the sky sheet. And uh he
1: leaves. Ah. No, it's his head as you go. Oh look, Martha, they're getting fucking close. Yeah, no, I know. Oh. You should Mar- go.
6: Martha looks at Hyde and love is selfish. And I know why you loved her. I know why you love her still, because she is amazing, and I wasn't lying in the woods. (laughs) He's right, and I know you don't trust me. But I'll do anything I can to protect her, because she is rare. And I know that.
1: he steps close to you and puts his hand on your shoulder, then I'm trusting you. Pray to God, you're not the one, but you keep her safe. By gods, you keep her safe.
6: And like Martha's gonna take his hand and she's like, I'm sorry, humans are messy.
1: But if you weren't messy, it wouldn't be nearly as interesting.
6: And then she turns and looks at you and like gets to to the, the, the edge of the stones. And like gives you a last moment with Hyde, but she is, she's got her hand out to you. I... Just sort of
5: overcome... Throw my arms around Hyde and just say... Thank you for helping us. And letting me go. I don't doubt that this is the last time we'll see each other. And for the record, women don't like being stalked. And then I kiss them on the cheek. And then run at Martha and, like, hug her through the the portal. Into the
1: rocks. And you vanish. In a blinding flash of light. And as if no time has passed at all, you appear, the five of you, once again in the glen, by the waterfall, by the ranger station.
0: Oh Lord, I see what brings me here. It's a mother champions of the earth is created and dm'd by colin kelly and produced and audio designed by jesse v hill featured in the cast where gina devivo is olive jackson lansing is nico amanda powers is mel jesse v hill is huxley and Marzi campos is martha our original theme music is by stephen gizzi champions of the earth is proud to be part of the nerdsmith network of shows Visit NerdSmith.org, follow at WeAreNerdSmith, and subscribe to the Twitch channel and participate in the Discord to meet other fans and have conversations about all the great content on NerdSmith. Champions of the Earth rolls exclusively die-hard dice makers of fine metal dice. Get your own set and use the code CHAMPIONSCAST at checkout for a discount. Dear Kickstarter backers, make sure you fill out your backer surveys. Books are being printed soon and then... Post office willing, they will be driving at your homes sooner rather than later. Thank you for supporting our independent content. We rely entirely on word of mouth, so thank you in advance for your shares, your reviews, your retweets, and your enthusiastic recommendations. Remember that you can follow at ChampionsCast on Twitter and use the ChampionsCast hashtag to be part of the conversation. Oh yes, one more thing. Huxley's message to Martha was...